Blog Talk Radio. Trying to get people to check in tonight if you're listening. Give us a call. 914-803-4306. Give us a call. All right. Check in. Let us know you're rolling with the pajama party, Chris. Oh, that'd yeah, be just nice. Yeah, check in. Yeah. Say hello. All right, now. Don't be bashful. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to weigh on, on these subjects, too, man. We got some hot subjects tonight. Oh, yeah. All right, now. Percolator, percolator. Trying to get it percolated. All right. Ready? Okay. okay. I'm ready. All right. What's the right I'm name? ready. All right. Go for it. What you got for us tonight, Kim? All right. Our hot topics tonight. Trump wants Sessions to investigate the uh, New York Times um, op-ed. Also, if Trump is unfit, invoke the 25th Amendment to remove his... Uh, Excuse me. Skirt. Rusty dust. <laughs> yes. And also, Colin uh, Kaepernick's Nike campaign. That's a hot one tonight. Uh, hidden and quitted headlines. Banker offers free two-year tuition to every senior at Wisconsin um, High School. CBS negotiating Moon's exit and Viacom merger standstill. Also, police raid South... Uh, Jersey, um, home of couple accused of stealing the GoFundMe money from the homeless uh, Johnny Bobbitt. And also Charlie Rose, CBS moved to dismiss sexual harassment lawsuit as invalid. Mm. What's popping with Papa Didi? He's going to talk about some things tonight. Our weird news, Connecticut man faces charges after shooting at Ghost. Also dinosaurs check you in at Japan's weird hotel. And thousands of insects, spiders, stolen from Philly Museum. Why? I'm just saying with red wine, uh, pick on somebody your own size. Living for the city with Papa Didi, another surprise for us tonight. My Hollywood wrap-up, I'm going to talk about Burt Reynolds, Terry Crews, Oscars 2019, and Richard DeVos. 
Also, our cocktail of the week is called the Ladies Night Rum Punch for one. If you want two, you got to double the dose. Um, also, that kiss it list and the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, because that's what we're doing. And we'll be back with the Hot Topics. Does your gray hair make you look much older than you really are? Do Boy Scouts try to help you cross the street? Don't waste your time with messy hair colors that won't last. Wigs will just make your hair sweat. What you need is a permanent solution. You need Gray Beef Gone. Gray Beef Gone burns your gray hairs right down to the root. No more coloring with Gray Beef Gone. Simply apply Gray Beef Gone with the heat-protected gloves to your entire scalp. When you feel the burning, the gray hairs are being fried right on your head. After the procedure, just stick your head in a bucket of ice water to cool the burning, and just like that, no more gray hairs. You might have bald spots and burns where the gray used to be, but that's a whole different problem. Gray Be Gone will solve your gray hair problem once and for all. Gray Be Gone. Get yours today and make that gray go away. Hey, this is Kettle with the Yellow Top. I'm waiting to hear from you tonight. I'm at the Pajama Party Live. So you can reach us at 914-803-4306. Or you can check us out on apajamaparty.com. I've got my opinions, but I want to hear yours. Papa D and Red Wine are trying to beat me down, so I need you to call back and back me up. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So call me now. 914-803-4306. I'm right here on WBJP Blog Talk Radio. Waiting to hear from you. Uh, here it comes. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. All right, welcome back to the Town Point One. Host Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red One. Bonsoir, darling. Okay. Ready to get it cranked up? Hey, we're sampling some samples here. <laughs> samples and samples. Avon, I got some Mary Kay. Uh, uh, oh, boy. I got some uh, <laughs> Desert Flowers. Oh, Lord. Okay. One of the most popular perfumes that Avon has to offer. Mm-hmm. My mom used to say, don't bring me back no Desert Flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't mess with it. Just like Elon Musk, he was sampling some things. Oh, it? yes, he was. Yeah. Big old fat blunt. Messing with my socks, Tesla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I heard that thing went pew. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that the uh, what you got, Pop? intern uh, darkened the font up. That's that's good. <laughs> okay. Who we hired? We hired that little that little young girl. Yeah, that little blonde girl you like. Okay. She'll be gone by next week. But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. what's the first hot topic? Okay, uh, Trump <laughs> was wants Sessions to investigate New York Times uh, op-ed. Op-ed. Yeah, Everybody uses thing. the term op-ed. Why don't we explain what op-ed means? Yeah, come on. Break it down. In editorial. Opinion oh. editorial. Oh. Opinion, I guess, is that person's opinion of what's going on with whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought all editorials had to be cleared by the editorial. So. Allegedly, And what does Trump call it? The fake news? Uh, oh, no, not fake news. <laughs> He calls it the, the dying something, New York Times. Uh, the, the failing New York Times. Oh, my God. He, and he cannot say that without using that term first. Mm. Yeah, I got it from the failing New York Times. He don't realize that these newspapers are finding new ways of profit. 
They may not be delivering your steps no more, but they sure are making yeah, a difference. They're doing it. There They're listening go. to the internet. Yeah. He yeah. got to wake up and smell the coffee. Hello. Anyway, Washington, this is reported by CNN. President Donald Trump said Friday he wants Attorney General Jeff Sessions to investigate the undercover and uncover the identity of the senior administrative official who'd uh, penned an anonymous op-ed in the uh, New York Times this week. Yeah, I would say Jeff should be, this is how you talk. Yeah, I would say Jeff should be investigating who the author of this uh, piece of crap was because uh, I believe it's uh, in violation of national security, Trump told reporters Friday aboard Air Force One. That man got too many privileges. Okay, <laughs> Trump has ra- has uh, railed in recent days about the uh, publications of the anonymous op-ed calling its author uh, gutless and a coward, while suggesting mm-hmm. the op-ed could damage national security. Now it appears Trump is uh, taking this a step further and calling for criminal investigation, though so there is no indication of the author who violated it and whether he does, in fact, work in the administration. Okay, neither Trump nor the White House I has identified a specific crime to name to this particular alleged situation. They're trying to name a crime to it. Okay. <laughs> okay, the failing New York Times responded that uh, we can find that the Department of Justice understands that the First Amendment protects all American citizens and that it would not uh, participate in such of a blatant abuse of uh, governmental power. The president, the president threatens both uh, the failing New York Times and underscores why he uh, must safeguard the identity. Now, the president threatened, threatened both the underscore why he must safeguard the identity of the writer of this op-ed and uh, serves as a reminder of the importance of a free and independent press of American democracy. Anyway, the Justice Department uh, typically only investigates leaks that involves uh, classified information, which does not appear to be the case here. This person is merely speaking of uh, conditions, situations, and overall uh, goes on in that administration. All right. Trump on Friday argued the columnist presents a national security concern because the person still is in the government, still in the government, and is leaking everyday activities, which could reach um, what he calls national security levels. All right. Trump insists that he was not merely upset about the the opinion piece because of the yeah, uh, uninspiring criticism directed at him, but said the uh, anonymity prevents him from fighting back. He wants to fight back. He can't fight back because he don't know who it is. I think. Well, now he wife. wants to fight everybody. I think it's his wife, really. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that one coming. I've heard all kind of speculation, and uh, the Black Eagle today, Joe Madison, mm-hmm. somebody called in and said that they think it's the butlers, Butler. that the butlers got together and wrote this up because <laughs> the butlers are, like, always there. They're yeah, silent, they working in the background. They right. see everything. They right. hear everything. And that they probably were the ones that got together and wrote that letter. And then after he thought about it, he said, you know, that's not a bad idea if it was them. Because somebody else yeah. suggested that it could have been, like, the other, like, kitchen staff and 
mm-hmm. other, you know, mm-hmm. domestic staff. Mm-hmm. So pretty much on the same wavelength as the butler. Mm-hmm. I, I heard someone suggest that it was his daughter, Ivanka. Mm. Because uh, and their their reasoning was that she's ashamed of her father's performance mm. and just mm. wants it to be over with. Mm. So I don't know. That would be interesting. Now I, I would have never thought that. But the um, those are three good ones: the wife, the daughter, and the butler. Yeah, I mean I've been hearing this all day. People mm. calling in on various talk radio stations saying, "Who do you think it was?" Wow. I've heard somebody say that it was the vice president Pence. What? They said it Are was you Pence. serious? Yep. People say they think it's Pence. Um, one person even suggested that Trump himself did it <laughs> because he just wanted to get something spun up and keep the diversion, you know, away from That's the Russian stuff. That's true. With I know Kavanaugh's um, yeah. confirmation hearings that are not. Not going too well. Right. But his his thing is he wants Pence to investigate it, and I guess if he don't get to the bottom of it, what, he's going to fire him? I don't know. Oh, you mean Sessions. Sessions. I'm yeah, sorry, he Sessions. wants Sessions to investigate. But he and Sessions have been kind of at odds anyway. Because mm-hmm. at one point there was talk about him getting rid of Sessions. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. He has this thing about any time he's determined somebody is his enemy, mm-hmm. he wants Jeff yeah. Sessions to go after him. <laughs> You know, but what he needs to understand uh-huh. is that Jeff Sessions is the Attorney General of the United States. He is not your pers- personal pit bull. Right. He is not your bitch. So stop trying to treat this man like, oh, so-and-so pissed me off. Go get him, Jeff. Get him. Sick him. Sick him. You know, he needs to stop doing that. That's true. So I don't know how, how this is all going to fall out. Yeah, you got but, a good point, dear. I'm kind of siding with the people who think it was the butler or the domestic staff. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. I would have never thought. That's interesting. I don't know. I so who did you vote for, Papa? Who do you think it is? I think his wife. Really? Because she's about tired of all that. She just came out with something. Oh, no, she was backing him. Yeah, she was defending it, saying right. that it was, you know, whoever it was shouldn't have done it. And they need to get to the root of it or some stuff. But she was basically supporting it. But then again, if it was her, that would be a good move. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't you? If you're going to throw this thing out there, <laughs> then you turn around and say, oh, this is terrible. Damn. This is horrible. They need to find who did that. Yeah. You got a good point there. You, you just don't know. Not yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight. 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, piggybacking on that story as far as the op-ed mm-hmm. article goes, in the aftermath of all the controversy of the New York Times uh, op-ed story written by an anonymous Trump administration official, and by the way, When he was speaking in, where was that, Montana? Montana, Butte, Butte, Montana. In in Butte, Montana, Montana. what, yesterday, I believe it was, or was it today, whenever it was? Yesterday. He was out there, of course, doing his roadshow comedian Mm -hmm. thing that he does, Mm -hmm. and he could not pronounce the word anonymous. Anonymous. And that was really, it was sad, it was kind of funny, but then when you think about it, 
you're the president of the United States. True, you run true. the most powerful, alleged a powerful country of the free world. And not only could he not say it once, he tried a second time and still couldn't get it. Scary. He was like, you know, the the failing New York Times released something with from uh, a a a anonymous mm. a and then he tried it again. Um, anonymous. Oh anonymous. my god. I said, Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. the Lord. <laughs> Just oh the Lord. Already. Why don't you? So anyway, um uh this person who claim who is anonymous Mm-hmm. Uh, says that they are the resistance and they're working from within. Mm-hmm. So Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. furthered the attack on yesterday saying that she thinks that constitutional powers ought to be used to remove Trump from office if he is determined to be unfit to lead America. So she went on to say if senior administration officials think that the President of the United States is not able to do his job, then they should invoke the 25th Amendment. Mm. That's what she told CNN. And she went on to explain that the Constitution provides for a procedure whenever the vice president and senior officials think that the president can't do his job. It does not provide that senior officials go around the president and take documents off of his desk, which is what the op-ed article Mm-hmm. Okay. about removing things from his desk, basically trying to keep him from making a mess out of stuff, gotcha. hiding things from him, etc. Mm-hmm. Every one of these officials has sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States, and it's time for them to do their job. That was what Elizabeth Warren said. Mm-hmm. So the 25th Amendment allows the vice president to take over if the commander-in-chief is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Now, I don't know if we would be in worse shape with Pence. Yeah. Pence is like low-key, undercover crazy. Mm-hmm. Trump is like straight out in your face crazy, right. not trying to hide the crazy. Right. Pence got a lot of mess with him. He just lays back in the cut. Mm-hmm. Who's after Pence? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure who uh, he's called to. Secretary of State? Uh, or defense. Yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, you know, it just goes on to talk about, you know, Warren is uh, saying that she'll continue to position herself as a national leader in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently released 10 years' worth of tax returns. Mm-hmm. She's laying the groundwork for a potential presidential run for 2020. Ooh. Never know. Hey. doing that. Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. She's 69, and she has not officially declared any kind of intention to run, mm-hmm. but she says she wants to focus her attention on re-election to the Senate in November 1st. Interesting. But she's saying that she's not afraid to be the underdog if she does decide to run. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess she's starting raising money now. Well, she got a big pocketbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know they have to have a certain percentage mm-hmm. of the Congress, I think, mm-hmm. as far as to start impeachment mm-hmm. uh, procedures. I don't know what that percentage is, but mm-hmm. that's ironic. We're talking about this. I, I saw an episode of um, uh, Madam Secretary mm-hmm. with Tate Leone, and she was Madam Secretary, and the president he was trying to go to war. 
I want to get them and yada, yada, yada. Like he had some type of vendetta. And then they were evoking this 25th Amendment, like he was saying. And um, it's almost like they had to shackle him down in chains. He just was adamant. He was losing his mind. Right. But come to find out, he had some type of tumor on his brain that was, you know, they was, you know, it could be treated, but they knew something wasn't right with him. So it was affecting his judgment. There you go. Okay. Well, now, <laughs> calling the kettle black, what are we doing? <laughs> Maybe they need to check out check out your boy. Yeah, because they, they were concerned about his health at one time. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he, he didn't divert us to something else. So. Well, that's what he does. Yeah. His whole thing yeah. is about divert. Right. He, you know? He does that well. Do what you can to divert attention. Right. Off of what's really going on, like this whole thing about Russian collusion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. Oh, speaking of collusion, going back to who penned the op-ed article, uh-huh. I did hear somebody on one of the talk shows say that they think that it was Melania and her son Baron uh-huh. that they colluded and wrote this thing and put it in the New York Times. Oh my God! They said it was collusion. That was say that's so. Yeah, stupid. that's what they said. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know. Okay. Well, if you guys anyway. got any questions or comments about it, hit it up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1. All right. All right. We keep on moving with the hot topics. Okay. What else you got for us? Um, this is Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's talking about that. I'm going to go buy me some Nikes just for general principles. And you're going to burn them, right? No, I'm not going to burn them. <laughs> I'm going to wear them proudly. Um, I'm wear them proudly. Okay. Matter of fact, I got a pair for my birthday. All right. Okay. I'm gonna wear them whether they match or not with my outfit. Okay. I'm gonna break my fashion protocol oh. and wear my dag on Nike. Mm-mm. Power to the people. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. You sure? I'm sure. Okay. Colin Kaepernick. Nike and Colin Kaepernick have thrown a match onto an already simmering national debate. Just in time for the start of NFL season, which is Thursday night. I know everybody watched the game Thursday night. The um, uh, Philadelphia uh, champions, they won again. Um, The man often described as the most polarized person in sports posted an image and the words, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. He put that on Twitter. This is um, part of an advertising campaign for the 30th anniversary of Nike's Just Do It slogan. Um, so if you guys remember, uh, Kaepernick, he first kneeled during the playing of the national anthem in 2016 to protest uh, protest police brutality and uh, mistreatment of, of people of color by authority figures. And... Um, Unfortunately, the, the uh, 45 had something to say about it. So 45 began tweeting about the issue and talking about it on the campaign trail. Why, I don't know. You he don't, can't help himself. I know. Well. And, and I think that's when, unfortunately, the NFL got on the bandwagon. That's, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So after he stopped playing for the 49ers, Kaepernick filed a grievance um, against the NFL owners under the league's collective bargain, uh, bargaining agreement, suggesting they um, colluded, quote-unquote colluded, collusion. Mm, collusion. to deprive him of employment rights in retaliation for his leadership and adv- advocacy um, for equality and social justice. Um, 
we had people like Serena Williams. She tweeted something out, too. She said, just do it. The campaign, she's on that also. Mm-hmm. So she was just in support of it. Um, but check this out. The relationship between Nike and the NFL is an interesting relationship. Considering the two groups signed a, uh, a deal in March that is set to last eight more years. Nike provides game day and sideline apparel to the NFL and will do that until 2028. Okay. So I don't think they're going to be saying too much or nothing. They're going to keep their damn mouth shut mm-hmm. and keep it moving because the money is, you know, coming in for the NFL, so they need to shut the hell up. But they said there were more than 2.7 million mentions of Nike and counting over the last 24 hours. There you go. Hurrah to them. That's what I'm talking about. You just do it, Nike. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> Doesn't need to put it. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. From just do it to just do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw a post from Nike, mm-hmm. which uh, someone sent to me, mm-hmm. which I I'm still applauding, and I was trying to find it real quick, but I can't find it. But basically, mm-hmm. they were clapping back with the people that were burning their Nikes online mm-hmm. and doing all that stupidity, mm-hmm. they posted instructions for how to properly burn your Nikes. Shut up. I was like, y'all better y'all work. Y'all better work. Yeah. <laughs> they were like saying, you know, make sure that you don't have your clothes too close to the fire, step back and, you know, do this and do that. But they were basically like indirectly saying, you want to burn your, then go ahead, right. burn your Wow. If that's how you feel, but wow. be safe. Okay. Don't burn your hands. <laughs> Don't get too close to the flame, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I love it. But it's, it's it's like Nike is like taking a quote unquote stance with um, Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And you know he's standing, he's kneeling for something, and Nike we're standing for something or kneeling for something, so to speak. Well, somebody so. did bring out uh, the fact that, and I haven't verified it, mm-hmm. but they said that Kaepernick had that contract with Nike way before this. Mm-hmm. He already had an endorsement contract, and I guess they just hadn't been doing anything with it. Oh, before he did, when he was doing the nailing? Yeah, prior uh-huh. to the nailing. Right, I got Prior gotcha. to all this whole campaign. Mm-hmm. And I heard a, a football coach mm-hmm. uh, on another show earlier today and he was talking about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He said, first of all, what people need to understand is that in football, mm-hmm. when someone get, gets injured, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. You take a knee. He said, everybody on the field stops moving when a man goes down with an injury, mm-hmm. and you take a knee. Not because of necessarily mm-hmm. that they're praying, but you take a knee because you could be praying that the player is okay. Right. But you take a knee because oh, you stop moving. Yeah, you show right, respect right. to a man who has fallen. Mm-hmm. He said, but they have flipped this whole script. Right. And made it look like taking a knee is now an act of disrespect. I guess. But in you. fact, in sports, it's taking a knee was an act of respect. Gotcha. He said, but that just goes to show you how mm-hmm. this whole thing got mm-hmm. hijacked. Mm-hmm. And misconstrued yeah. by people who wanted to take it over that's and true. turn it into something that it wasn't. That's true. And that's like, you better say so, Cole. You know what? I don't want to do the black and white card. But, but this is starting to piss me off because it's like, okay, if it was somebody white that did the kneeling, mm-hmm. what would the end result have been? You know what I'm saying? Would it have been the same as with Kaepernick? Yeah, would they have been blackballed? Yeah. Blacklisted, white-listed. Right. Would they have been, like, you know, more supportive 
of of that person, you know. It's, yay, they, I don't know. People just got their own agenda, I think. Well, they clearly have an agenda. Yeah, and that's the sad part about it. Because when they tried to turn it into an anti-military thing, mm-hmm. an anti-patriotic thing, mm-hmm. it was never about that. Right. They were saying that it's a it's an act of showing respect for a man who has fallen. Right. So when you have racial stuff going on where mm-hmm. people have fallen mm-hmm. due to racial injustice, right. this was showing homage and respect right. to those who have fallen at the hands of those who would take people down mm-hmm. based on race. But see, That's really it's, what it was about. See, it's a black-on-black black thing. Like Papa say sometimes, they don't give a rest for ass about us. And that's the sad part. Well. And when he took a knee and this is what I'm, um, this is what my stance is about, you're not listening to the picture. You're just looking at this, you know what, is just kneeling because you disrespect the flag or the anthem or disrespect the NFL. But then when 45 got in the picture and he started mouthing, he turned it all around, and the dum-dums that are following his behind or following him, they just blew it out of proportion, just made it worse. That's how how come nobody's really talking about the, the lyrics. lyrics in the national anthem that are clearly racist? I believe mm. it's the third verse. Mm. When we go to break, we're going to look it up and come back, and we'll be able to go over that. But that is another part of the problem. Wow. Why should wow. we celebrate something that does not celebrate nor respect us? Ooh, I've heard I'm that. not taking my hat off and in celebration of something where it's clearly mm-hmm. not for me. Right. Okay. And that's just me. Okay. All right. You got any more to say, Papa, on that? No, I may speak on a little more on my second time. Okay. But uh, I'm just glad that it's coming around. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. All right, you guys got any questions or comments or want to add to the conversation, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. Press 1. Press 1 and get in the queue. Put your Nikes on. All right, or burn them, do whatever you want to do. No, don't burn them. Put your Nikes on. (laughs) Sleep with your Nikes on. All right, do the damn thing. Buy another pair. Just do the damn thing. If you got a pair, buy another pair. Mm -hmm. Buy a pair for a friend. But you know what? I think because of this, I'm say this that we can move on. Nike sales are going to go up. Mm-hmm. If you guys got some stock in Nike, keep it. If you don't have none, you better get, get it because I'm going to get me some tomorrow. <laughs> All I, right. I think that they finally realized that who is their primary target audience? Come on now. It is not older white people, although some of them may be buying Nikes. That's not their target audience. Right on. Their target audience is the millennials or the gen. I don't. I can't keep up with the letters mm. Gen X, Y, Z, whatever. Mm. But there's a group of folks who are willing to stand in line at 2 a.m. Yep. to get the latest That's Jordan, it. whatever, which is under the Nike brand. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the yuppies and and those folks. Mm-hmm. It's not them. Yeah. So if you want to diss them and piss them off, you're not going to make any money. Nope, nope. So you better stand with something. I think they finally came to that conclusion and said, you know what? If if we lose a few along the way, we're going to keep our primary audience, and that's what's most important. There you go. Because these folks that are burning crap, they're not the ones out there 2 a.m. in line trying to get the next pair of Jordans anyway. There you go. So they can just, you know, do the Bye Felicia dance. All right now. Okay, we're going to take a little CC. 
All right. And, and come right back. Coming back with the hit and quit it. So I was looking over the cocktail of the week archives, and we've had so many really great drinks over the past year and a half. We've had our original signature drink called the Pajama Party and the Game Changer, and of course we have the last word. I like the revolution. It was Hennessy, lemon and lime juice, agave juice, and bitters with jalapeno slices. Ooh-wee. I like that Crown Royal Flush with the Crown Royal Beach Stock and Cranberry Juice. John Party, one of those popular idioms, it was Hello! And red wine. I just saw an array of shot glasses out of my peripheral. Oh, Ooh. boy. Because it's Friday night at the pajama party. Pajama party, sure. I haven't got twisted in a long time. Okay. Well, if I didn't know we were going to do that, I'd have worn my pajamas with the feet in. Oh, Lord. It's not going to go to sleep, huh? Like the song says, seems like i got to do wrong before they notice me. Ow! All right, we're going to get into the hit and quit it. What you got over there, Miss Redwine? Oh, I'm up at bat. Yep. Okay, well, here's what I know. Uh-oh. There is, let's see, this is a banker who is offering free two-year tuition. Really? Yeah, so we got some good news for a change. Thank you, thank you. You know, we usually have something crazy going on. Yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin. Students at a Wisconsin high school got a huge, really huge surprise. Huge. 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 On their, huge. <laughs> on their first you day You get a car and you get a car. Yeah, they got tuition mm-hmm. on their first day of school, an area businessman Offered to pay for every graduating senior to go to a two-year technical college. That's what's up. Technical Give college. Give me a fucking pound on that. There you go. That's what's up with the what's up. That's what's up. Luck is called Luck High School Principal Brad Werner announced mm-hmm. the offer on Tuesday Good. at the school's welcome back assembly in the gym. It's half the price. The school's 34 seniors were sitting in the front. He said it was a fun experience for him to share the experience with the seniors and watch their faces and their eyeballs get big. So uh, Werner said Dennis Franson, who owns companies around the region and one of Luck's two banks, so he's got money, called last month and asked to meet with him and the school superintendent. They worked out all the details and all, and they said he just showed up and put the offer on the table. And it was mind-boggling to think that out of the blue, he's just putting this opportunity there for their kids. And they said it was hard to wrap their mind around it, but they did. So that's what's going to happen. He wanted to give back to the community by giving all the 2019 grads uh, who attend a tech school, technical school, for the full two years, 
cover their tuition and their books, because the books sometimes will kick you in the butt. He said he'll cover two-year tuition and the books. About 85% of luck uh, graduates go to college, vocational school, or some kind of apprentice or trade. Mm-hmm. And he made the offer to vocational students because there are already a lot of scholarship opportunities for kids that go to four-year school, mm-hmm. but there's a shortage of skilled workers like electricians and plumbers, et cetera. Carpenters. Carpenters, Carpenter all of that. Mechanics. So they said it's a unique boost to our school student body as a whole wow. and not just to the senior class. So shout out to Luck uh, High School and Dennis Franson. That was uh, Wisconsin? This is out of Wisconsin. Shout out to Dennis Franson that's putting his money where his mouth is. Oh, you good. said something good for a change. Yeah, finally some good news. I like that. Wow. Going to the vocational schools. Yeah. yeah. You would never. Because all it takes is two years to learn HVAC. Yeah. Carpentry. Yeah. Culinary. Yeah. Some people can't go to a four year college. I'm saying maybe it's not funny. They got the brains to do Right. It. Some people just don't have that endurance to go four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to get into this next one. This one's interesting here. This is uh, CBS is negotiating. Um, his name is, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Moon Exit. Is and it Moonbez? How do you pronounce his name? His name is Moonbez, yeah. Moonbez? Exit and and Viacom merger standstill. Media company CBS Corp's board is in talks with Chief Chief Executive Officer uh, Les Moonbez to negotiate his exit. Mm-hmm. He is married to Connie. Is it not Connie? Yeah, Turner. not Connie. What is her name on the talk? The uh, the moderator of the talk. Um, I can't think of her name. Right, but he's he, woman. Uh, he he's married to her. Yeah. So the two sides would agree to a two-year standstill on any discussions of a CBS and Viacom uh, merger as part of the settlement. The board has offered a roughly $100 million for um, Moonves package exit. Uh, did you say $100 million? $100 million. To get rid of him? Mm-hmm. He, I think he currently makes $66 million a year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to get rid of somebody. It is. Mm-hmm. The uh, New Yorker reported late July, uh, featured claims against Moonbez from six women spanning different time periods over mm-hmm. two decades, um, from 85 to 2006. The allegations include sexual assault and unwanted advances. And his wife walked around like she's the it girl. Anyway. And he's getting a hundred and million. hundred million. I can't even say it. A hundred million. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Moonbez, he's, he's right. going to be replaced by the um, COO, his name is Joe um, Ilanio. He's an intern CEO. Mm-hmm. He was, um, this gentleman, he was instrumental in CBS's success following its split from Viacom in 2006. So they split them. Now they're trying to merge together again? I don't know what they're doing. remember Viacom. Viacom is a distribution company. Well, Viacom owns BET now. Yeah, yeah. they do. So they own a lot of things. And Sony? Viacom was around mm-hmm. for a while. Oh, they were distributors, and that's where they started as distributors. Viacom uh-huh. is a pack Down man. there. Man, mm. I'm telling you. That's very interesting. It is. But, you know, the backstory on that, if you don't mind me speaking. Come on. I don't like his wife. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just be honest about it. He got rid of my girl, man. No, she did. She left. Mm-mm. Aisha Taylor? No, not her. Who are you talking about? My other girl. 
Um, I never. I you talk about Holly Robinson. Holly please. Robinson. Oh, girl. She, she felt as if she was a threat. That other girl, Aisha, please. That, oh, she left. That Oreo cookie. Please. No, she she left. She had a lot of jobs. Who left? She was good. Who? Um, Aisha Taylor. She left because she had a lot of jobs. Yeah, she, she she's a she's a slick job. Anyway, let's <laughs> talk about. Holly Robinson, Holly Robinson, Pete. Holly Robinson. She was a threat. Holly Robinson came on there as a strong black woman that had her own mind. Uh, and and, and who, then, who was she married to? Darren was the problem. Right, and then they replaced her with the comedian. What's the girl? Cheryl Underwood. Dark girl with the bad weeks. Cheryl Underwood. Yeah, Cheryl Underwood. Who yeah, because uh, Holly Robinson. We're not even go there with Cheryl Underwood. To, I'm uh, trying to respect her. She's, she's married to the ball player, right? Yeah. Ex ball yeah, player, yeah. Pete. Rodney, Rodney oh, Pete. Pete. Oh, Pete. Yeah. Rodney Pete. But anyway, all I'm saying is that all all Holly Robbins did was just stood there as a stand up woman. <laughs> and that, that joker there, who's husband now being all accused of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay, I wonder how she's handling that, okay? And now he's about to walk away with $100 million. But that's the he go, she ain't going to have nothing to hold on to. Right. All she got now is that the show Big Brother with the well, he, big he, meow. He, well, you know, he helped boost her and push her, I'm quite sure, mm-hmm. in those shows. You know, when, when... You know, it's all scandalous, you know, and I'm, I'm going to save all this for what's popping because this stuff is coming full circle, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's coming full circle because I'm going to throw some deep stuff at y'all to let you see mm-hmm. that... How just like a, a banana rotten like it does. Mm-hmm. The little fleas that fly around in a banana. Mm-hmm. They're inside a banana already. Okay. Okay. They don't come in your house. Right. If you went on vacation and come back a week later and you got rotten bananas in the kitchen and all these where these bugs come from? Mm-hmm. They came out of the banana. Gotcha. Okay. And so like Julie said, Chen. That's her name. Julie yeah, Chen. Julie Chen. Okay. That's, that's that's red wine's girl. But you know it's interesting. Like you you were saying, you know it's it's. She's a scandal now, but is she going to talk about it? She's scared because when she got rid of Holly Robbins, it showed, like you said, the lack of security. It's amazing how people are so threatened by things. Like Trump goes in and is threatened by all the littlest things. Anything you see on TV yeah. the night before, anything you see you got to do with the NFL, he, he go. If you're the president, why are you paying attention to that adolescent Crap. Mm-hmm. When you got Russia over here pointing a nuclear weapon at you, you got King Jong-un pointing a nuclear weapon at your ass, you got the, the the Summit 7 over here wondering what the hell is going on with you, and you worrying about what the NFL is talking about. Mm-hmm. And NFL end up with a, a, a seasonal sport that's mm-hmm. there for entertainment. Yeah. But he couldn't get in when he had money back in the day. He wanted to franchise. They yep. wouldn't let him in. There you go. Well, oh, and yeah. even that situation after a while is going to falter. Those 32 rich white men. That uh, little that that mm-hmm. little sanctuary mm-hmm. that's gonna be broke up too. But they all in their seventies, so they all walk around like they're rich, but they all walk around with walkers well, and rich. wheelchairs and, and canes and shit. They may be rolling around but they're rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, well rich don't you know, money can't buy you love and happiness. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well we're gonna move on to the next one then. See what's going yeah. on. Let me shut up. Okay, we're gonna get into your segment. That's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. a, I'm gonna get it. Okay. Is this me? That's you. That's you, Papa. All right. Looks like the police raid a South Jersey home of a couple accused of uh, stealing GoFundMe money from a homeless guy, Johnny Bobbitt. And I've seen this story on the news a little bit. This story's not making sense to me because it's this to me preempted for a minute here. Um, it, it seems like this this homeless guy gave these people uh. 
Yeah, his last $20 bill, apparently, mm-hmm. because they ran out of gas. And mm-hmm. then they set up a GoFundMe account. And now come to find out that uh, they collected, like, in the, in the triple digits, but he said he only got 75000 Okay, he said you only got 75000 Now you were, you were homeless from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But they're jumping on a couple saying they didn't give him all his money. But how much did the homeless guy need when it came to them Mm-hmm. Setting up a GoFundMe account for him, you know, it was almost like 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 a woman getting thirty thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. because her baby's father is a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Now, what child in the world needs thirty thousand dollars? That's just my opinion. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to say it to sound cynical, mm-hmm. but damn, Pampers is twenty four ninety five at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know how much Pampers cost, and how much bibs are. I know how much a uh, TV ring is, uh, you know, everything you need for a child. $30,000? I mean, like I said, let's, let's, let's not get off the subject. Anyway, police uh, raid a South Jersey home. Now, this Burlington County, this is up in the New Jersey area. Burlington County is a, this would be considered um, like mid-Jersey, not North Jersey, not South Jersey, but like Middletown, so to speak, as they call it. The Burlington County Prosecutor's Office has launched a criminal investigation into $400,000 of missing GoFundMe donations collected to help Johnny Bobbitt Jr. He was a homeless man who, who uh, his kindness to strangers touched the hearts across the nation and beyond. All right? On Thursday morning, law enforcement officials searched the uh, Florence. Florence is a town right out of, right out of outside Trenton, New Jersey. Searched the Florence Township home of uh, Kate McClure and Mark um, DeMarco, who set up a, uh, let me tell you, married? No, they just called them a couple. Okay. It was <laughs> Kate McClure. Kate McClure and Mark DeMarco, who set up a campaign, a campaign for, uh, for Bobbitt. After he used his last $20 bill to buy a buy gas for McClure when her car stalled on I-95 overpass near the uh, Kensington last year. Well, that's down near Philadelphia. Anyway, so um, the uh, campaign was wildly successful, attracting more than 14,000 donations, but the couple... Uh, stated plans to buy Bobbitt a home and, and set up two trusts to ensure his financial independence quickly dissolved. Okay, and Bobbitt accused them of swandering the money and spending on vacations, a new car. He sued them to try to recover the donated funds, but earlier this week, a lawyer for the couple said that the money was gone. Mm. Now, this whole scenario really, really boggles me because. I'm trying to figure out why is everybody now, this was a homeless man in the beginning, but now he's so woke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's woke like a motherfucker. <laughs> he, he was leaving this for This boy on, he's got legal terms now. He's using big words and everything else. What's the name of song? Stay woke. Yeah, he's, he's woke <laughs> as ever. Okay. He knows where what the money is and whatever and, and what have you, and the other people went on vacation. Whatever. Now, first of all, that was a chance meeting. Mm-hmm. These people, st- their car stalled. You gave them $20. Instead of you saying thank you and going on your way, you guys wanted to kumbaya, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You wanted then you wanted to the whole GoFundMe thing to help somebody on that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I understand your kindness and helping them out, but why didn't the two of y'all continue to maintain your regular lives? 
Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now you're going to mess with the lives of other people, 14,000 donated people because y'all wanted to so-called help this guy from the beginning. But then all of a sudden when the money started coming in quick as it has, your money is the root of all evil, mm-hmm. okay? So the couple that started getting the money, you see now, first of all, if you care so much about him getting the money, then why do you have to go fund me money go to him? See? But the money went to the couple. But I guess, quote, unquote, let me just interject, he's homeless. So he has no way for the money to go unless you just send it to a bank. All right. Well, they could have set him up for AOL yeah. account. So yeah, they could have, yeah. You can go to Wells Fargo and, you know, you got a little bullshit. You can go to UPS and use a street address. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's not, you know, there's many ways right, to that's true. I keep agree. you from going to a check cashing place to cash a check. There you, you can go. go. a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, getting back to this here. Um so, uh, ceremony was gone by evening. Uh, let's see, where was I with this particular thing? Okay, by evening, uh, GoFundMe, which had been assisting a law enforcement with the investigation, announced that the uh, company would uh, guarantee that Bobbitt would receive all the money that was uh, intended for him. All right, Johnny would be made whole said the GoFundMe spokesman was named Bob Whitmore, and we are committed that uh, he'll get the balance of the funds that he has not yet received for the benefits from. All right. Authorities uh, began investigating about Bobby 35, told the Inquirer and the Daily News last month that he uh, feared that the couple had spent much of the GoFundMe money on vacations, gambling, shopping sprees. Uh, McClure and D'Angelo brought him a uh, a camper and parked it outside their home, but Bobby said that they later sold the camper and kept the money and sent him <laughs> and sent him back to the streets. All right, Bobby said in the lawsuit that McClure, 28, and uh, D'Angelo, 39, the young lady, she's 28 and he's 39, used the GoFundMe account as their personal piggy bank. Last week, a Superior Court judge ordered a couple to turn over any remaining money, and their 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 attorney disclosed that uh, there was nothing left. Come on. The judge also ordered a couple to testify at a deposition scheduled for Monday. Mm-hmm. Their lawyer, who was Ernest B. Bagway, said that the two would invoke their Fifth Amendment rights and plead the Fifth on the whole situation. Okay. Now, before their relationship with Bobbitt uh, deteriorated, McClure and D'Angelo told the GoFundMe donors. They had brought him an SUV and a new home. That home was the camper, which was the title, which was named in the uh, particular lawsuit. But, uh, it was a 20-year-old Ford SUV, also titled in 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 thing some, which was they said, which was also broken down. Mm-hmm. And then, in the meanwhile, they say battles. They said that now, also uh, the guy Bobbitt, he's he still battles a drug addiction age eight that he can't kick. Uh, this is just some wild shit. It you know? is. It's, it's, it's just. Shit. It just go to show that uh, these people, you know, once they jump on a good thing, you know, it just shows the money was the root of all evil on both ends. You know, this right. guy Bobbitt, instead of him, I don't know. I just I don't, I don't get it. But I don't he, get it. I mean. Think about it. He's homeless. He really can't maintain himself. And then, two, I mean, how can you, you know, you got $400,000. 
You never, if you've never had that amount of money, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, but it was them that didn't know what to do with it because the couple was the one that was starting to act crazy. Right. They were they ones that wasn't giving up the dough from the beginning. But say for instance, they gave the all all the money to him. It was up to him, I guess, if he's if he was going to squander it or not. That's on him. If you want to be back in that same situation, that's on you. So. Yeah. Well, why didn't they just get him an apartment or something? And prepay his rent. You know, some people don't think that far in advance. What I'm saying, know? they they wanted to buy him a 20 year old broken down camper and park it out in front of their house. Yeah. Like you keeping a puppy or something. My thing is, they already had an agenda for the money. Once the money started coming in, ooh wee, nah, yeah. that was the problem. Yep. I think they should have just gotten the man an apartment, paid the rent. Up front, since you had the money, there you go. Pay the rent for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Ends up you know, what you help him do. get in a job retraining program okay. if that's what you were really trying to do was help somebody. Well, now they were helping themselves. Yeah, that's what they were doing. All right, let's determine okay. that all these people were white folks. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. Woo, okay. No disrespect. No racial situations intended. But you these sure are about all, that, Father? These are all white folks. Okay. Okay. Money's the root of all evil. All right. This this couple was just a couple. They weren't married, okay? So they don't give a shit about nothing on that particular level. They were just doing a thing individually. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. They weren't connected on that level. You know, not to say you got to be married to be connected, but they didn't give a shit. Right. When that money started coming in droves, right. And they had access to it. Right. I, and you know what though? I think the lesson of this here to me is that GoFundMe accounts need to be better supervised. I think the GoFundMe people need to right. issue power of attorneys. It's like you do right. for somebody who is, the, you know, right. if you're going to have a GoFundMe thing, mm-hmm. just like a person that's destitute or a person that's uh, mm-hmm. incoherent or a person that doesn't have any type of their own mm-hmm. thinking metabolism working, there should be something going on. There should be some type of... But the majority of these things that happen is all for the good and they're doing the right thing. This is just like maybe one But who has rights to the money? In this case, that's, the same people the that they were collecting yeah. for didn't have rights to the money. They were right. relying on somebody else to get it to them. And remember, these people were strangers. They met them. He met her, right. you know, with the car running out of gas. Right. And all of a sudden, they were almost to the point when the money started coming, and they were like, fuck him. Fuck that motherfucker. We going to Dominican Republic. We'll, get, we'll check him out when we get back. I mean... It was just a situation that I think that the GoFundMe people need to issue power of attorneys. They need to issue people that are in charge of, they need some guardianship on right. this stuff. Well, on that note, they did say that he was going to get the money. Yeah, but How they, they were going to get left. it, I don't know. No, I'm talking about the GoFundMe um, um, mm. company said that they were going to um, fund the money. Now, when somehow. you send money to GoFundMe, is that is that tax deductible? Or? That's a good question. Mm. I'm not yeah. sure. Because you know what? The tax people, IRS, may come after them now. Yeah. yeah. Where's the money? How much money was it, and where the hell is it? Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, we got one, one, one last hit. Just gonna say, money is the root of all evil. Yeah. yeah really we we gonna switch gears again. We are gonna go back and unfortunately, um, we got a lot of folks on CBS. Charlie Rose case. Haven't heard about. What? Where's he at? What's he doing? Charlie Rose. Man. CBS moved to dismiss sexual harassment lawsuit. Okay. As invalid. And bring him back. Charlie, Charlie Rose says three women who work with him are trying to exploit the 
uh, hashtag Me Too movement to take routine workplace interactions and banter and spin them into sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Really? So Rose, he's 76, a former highly regarded journalist for CBS and PBS, filed a motion to dismiss a civil lawsuit by the former employees. He's joining co-defendant CBS. CBS is doing it. So it's interesting, which is also seeking to get the uh, case thrown out of the New York State Court. Mm. Rose was fired by CBS and PBS last year for sexual misconduct after multiple women came forward publicly and anonymously (laughs) accused him of um, sexually inappropriate behavior in the workplace and, and at his home. So the women's names were Catherine Harris, Sydney McNeil, and um, I can't even pronounce her first name, but it's, her last name is Way, or Y, or whatever, W-E-I. Um, these, these were three junior employees in their 20s. They filed a lawsuit in May against Rose. Um, they were saying that um, the young lady, um, Y, said Rose referred to her as China Dog, because she was Korean, and that he insisted on kissing her and two other female subordinates before leaving for summer vacation. This is what they're saying in the lawsuit. So after Rose was fired, Way said um, she was demoted and became ill as a result of the unlawful conduct from CBS. And it goes on to say um, 27 women accused him, accused um he was accused of sexual harassment, um, 27 women. Um, November 2017, the post story in which eight women said Rose had sexually harassed them in incidents occurring over two decades. I'm like, it's a lot of going back and forth, back and forth, but it's a surprising that CBS is getting on the bandwagon with Charlie Rose. So it sounds like they prematurely fired him. Of course they did. And... These accusations, they should have went through court, you know, the court of system first to of see course. if they, they were valid. It all should go through court. First of all, these adults, not children. Okay, and so. things happen, in, and I guess I'll wait for a. Uh, let me shut up. Oh, no, I'm finished. But it, it, it says it's going to be a while. This is three more months before there's a hearing on the case, and more time before that, that until they make their decision. So it's going to be at least another what, six months to maybe a year till you hear something. But um, who knows? Charlie Wilson may get some back money from this. Who knows, you know? That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I guess people think take, take things differently, you know. If you, you know, say something to an individual and, you know, they taking it the wrong way, think about it. They're in their 20s. So, mm-hmm. You know. and right above the, you know, the whole situation with 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 just like a teenager would be. Right. You know, uh, you know a lot. Of, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff today going on in the world today. Right. You know, I just I just think that the biggest problem we have today is that I think a lot of parents don't put the parental guidance on their on on the kids' merchandise. You know what I'm saying? If your child's underage, and you definitely need to put some some parental, you know, guardianship over top of that uh, laptop or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't give your child a computer 
under under 16 years old, let's say, let's choose 16 as, as a age of a backdrop, and shut the, shut their bedroom door and let them go for broke. You know what I mean? Because you know that computer is endless. That internet is endless. Okay, you just type in the word you type in the word titties, you are gonna get titties from the Himalayas. You know what I mean? Everything from a fucking nipple to a fucking hanging forty fucking inches wide. Everything in between. You know, and, and it don't stop until your computer crashes with a virus. You know, that's how vicious it can get. Yeah. And these kids don't experience that until they experience that up in their bedroom. Just right. keep clicking, 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 clicking. All of a sudden, there's a blue screen. Poof. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you hit the powder oh, wall. You, just blew up you your hit computer. the powder wall, you know, because now you open some shit that looked crazy as hell. It wasn't crazy. That was a virus decorated like a, like a, a you know, whatever. Yeah. So... You know, I just think that if you don't put any type of parental stuff on your kid, you can't have and, and people nowadays, a child be 14 years old, and they'll have a nice laptop, computer, everything, with no no parental anything on it. Fine. Shit is wide open, you know, and, and it's just, and that's where it starts. Right. And um, But what I'm saying is that now these girls is in the job market, 20 years old, they all footloose and fancy free. They know that Charlie Rose is an old man, okay? Mm-hmm. But they're not perpetrating that to him. They'll come over his house on an invitation kind of invite thing, 22 years old. They'll walk in his apartment on the east side of New York. They'll be walking, they're like, damn. They're looking at awards and shit, and they're looking at this and all this shit that they have yet to achieve in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're walking in this joint. He's got all kind of, you know, Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose has been fucking with him forever. He interviewed everything from kings, queens, princes, sheiks, but, but, everybody. But on the other side, think about it. Seventy-six year old man. Yeah, but they ain't trying to fuck him. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Don't I'm, get me I'm, wrong. I'm not right, going but there. I'm, I'm going to make a point. Seventy-six year old man. I'm riding on what you're saying. They're in their twenties and mm-hmm. they're impressionable. Impressionable, they're but, in, but in not the, in a sexual way. But he's thinking sexual, and, and they know it. I got you. But they're playing on I, him because yes, they're going to do yes, everything they get. Right. Going to try. To they gonna try to get themselves. With, but they're going to try to get everything they can get out of him without fucking. Right, I okay? got you. I that's, got that's, you. The, that's the main mission I'm following right there. Right. That's the main mission. And as soon as he puts a pass on them yep. to do that, but now you already in the house. You're in the den. You've had two drinks. You you know all this is like, I mean, it's almost like the preamp of a play. It's almost like, you know, law and order. After a while, we're going to go to court. After a while, we're going to get a conviction of innocent or guilty. This is how law and order but is arranged. See, my arranged. thing is, Charlie Rose, one, he knows better. He's 76 years old. Yeah, but it's not about He's, Charlie Rose. It's about the system. It's about the system. It's about, both of, them. It's about yeah. the system of walking through. It's, it's, it's both of them. It's, a, it's they about both were wrong. walking through the yeah, forest. Right. It's about walking through the forest of adulthood. If both people are 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 mature, you're, you're, you're not, not an age, adult. Not you're, age. If, if both people you're not are promiscuous adult. to the point where they both know the end game, then they're going to end up fucking on the back end. But if one person know that fucking's not even part of it because this man is old as shit, then let this man know this shit from the beginning. Don't fuck with his head. Stop fucking with his and head that's based what on what did. you see. And that's what they And now did. all of a sudden he makes a pass. Oh, my right. God, he pushed up on me. Where did he push up on you? Mm-hmm. He pushed up on you in this house. Okay, what time did you go in this house? Uh-huh. That's how they got to inquest these women. Okay, go. I walked in this house at 4 o'clock. He pushed up on you at fucking 9. You was in there for 5 hours. You drank two Cavassiers, two Frizzy, two such and such, and you smoked two joints. 
They don't get into what she did while she was in there, but in her mind, she knew that that pussy was not going to be given to a 76-year-old man. She knew that from the very beginning. So stop fucking with his head. Either give him pussy or not. Okay? Don't go in there. Don't run the game. Don't don't run the gamut of the situation. But let me say this. If she gets to the point where after all of that's been done. She knows that going in the door. Stop acting like she's so naive. Let me finish my point. If after all of that's been done, the drinking, the joints, whatever, touching, feeling, kissing, all of that, if she finally just says, oh, no, no, I'm not trying to do all that, and then the person, I'm not saying Yeah, Charlie but she Rose, knows that already. No, no, don't go the there with that old sweet Polly thoroughbred crap. I ain't buying that red wine, no. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not buying that. Son. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. She's an adult. She's an adult. means no. That's what if I'm she saying. was around people her age, her vagina would be this damn big, wide open. And that's not the point. I'm saying no still means no. Yeah, but see, but yeah, you're you talking in a perfect that, world. And then you get to that point where now he wants oh, to whip it out. Come on, red wine. And she says, oh, no, I was oh, just moving. I was Lord. just I don't really want to do all that. Yikes. A man cannot take advantage of Nobody's saying they're taking advantage say, of anything. Oh, no, you've been playing with my emotions and all. You got me all worked up now. I'm going to get what I came to get. Or oh, you well, came well to nobody, get. first you of all. You can't do that. Ain't nobody saying you can do that. Well, do me a favor. If you're going to play that game, next time, girlfriend, take me to your apartment. Show me what you got to offer. She ain't got a pot to piss in the window to throw it out of. But see, my thing will be... That's why she's in his house on the east side of New York. What he's saying, I'm piggybacking on Papa, because you know what you're getting into. If you get to that point, and like you said, Rewind, they say no. Why are you going to do a sexual harassment case now? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You've gotten to that point. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. You can talk to your girlfriends or whatever. Yeah, I was with Charlie Rose's on the east side, yada, yada, exactly. yada. Exactly, in his big-ass apartment. Right. But you going to file a lawsuit and think you're going to get more out the deal? No. No, I'm not talking about that. I was saying that if you have, I'm not talking about Charlie Rose. I'm saying in general, if you get to the point where you've been playing and playing and playing, and now the guy wants to take it but to the next level. But why were you playing? Why? There you go. Why? Why were you playing? What's your end game? I can't be. What's your end game? All I know is that women do that, and I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they have a motive. Women have a. I'm not saying they're right. They have a motive. I I agree that it's wrong. You shouldn't be toying with people. Right, and it's the same girl. But at the same token, if you get to that point and that woman says no. I'm drawing the line right here. I don't want to have sex with you. And this man snatches her clothes and forces sex. That's rape. If she said no, I don't care if she's been toying with him for nine hours. If she got to that point and said no, no is no. Well, if you guys I don't got care any, he's angry, pissed off, if, whatever. If you guys got any questions off. or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And push one to get in the queue. We're going to move on to uh, What's Fine with Papa Didi. We're going to take a little CC break, and we're we going to chill for a minute. We need some cocktails yeah, up in this camp. Got to get yeah, some shots. Yeah, we'll yeah. be right back with yeah. uh, What's Poppin' with Papa Didi. But let us know if you think who's right and who's wrong. We'll be right back. All right, students, settle down, settle down. Today's lesson is on weed etiquette. Just because weed has been legalized in certain states, uh, people need to understand that they should use weed etiquette when visiting friends and family. Now, if you choose to smoke weed when visiting friends, 
vegans who don't smoke weed, please remember these rules. Number one, go outside. Number two, collect the roaches. Number three, stand away from the house. Number four, wash your hands and mouth when you come back inside. And remember, everyone does not want to get high with you. So don't take it personal. Some people may be on parole. Some may be interviewing for jobs where drug testing is required. And some may be in AA and they just can't get high with you. Maybe they just don't like the smell of weed. Did you think of that? So remember, if you sit in the car and smoke weed and come back in the house and sit on their nice upholstered furniture, that smell will remain in their sofa for quite a while. And they may not like that. Weed is not a cologne or a perfume. Everyone doesn't want to smell it. So make sure you use weed etiquette when you do your thing. This has been a public service announcement for weed etiquette, and we thank you for your time. Hey, 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 what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I'm waiting for the teacher. Students, settle down. Settle down. Students, okay, share, share with the teacher. John Party, Charlie Rose went and put on a robe and all that. Well, Frank said, I'm going to go put on a robe. I'm going to go put on something more comfortable. He's home, okay? Now, you're not home, okay? Now, you're in his house. You're staying there because you think you're going to get something. You're going to achieve something. You're going to get something out of him, money. And and you and, and can't you pull him up on the computer and see what his self-worth is, okay? You can pull up Charlie Rose and see he's, he's worth $31 million. Now, this little 25-year-old think because she got a nice rack on her chest. That she gonna, you know, that she gonna get a little bit of that twenty five million. You don't know what her intentions are, but she ain't trying to get with no coochie. But mind you, this is the same twenty five year old that was in the frat house last week, where where the same dudes dropped like five pounds of fucking semen down her throat, okay, like it wasn't shit. But now she's in Charlie Rose's house and she become the, the sacred mother Teresa that ain't, you know, they ain't giving them no coochie. I don't understand it. Okay, anyway. So let's 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 uh let's elaborate on this situation here. Now this has got nothing to do with Charlie Rose or anything like that. All I'm saying is that I think that 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 ladies these days need to understand that if you're going to go after somebody, if you're going to go after these rich guys that you pull up on Google and they're worth sixty-five million dollars, 
Okay, try to figure out where you could fit in. Try to go in normal with the guy because he's a normal person. But don't try to manipulate him. I mean, uh, someone like Charlie Rose has been interviewing kings and queens before your ass was born. What makes you think he not seeing the side of you? And an older man knows when a younger girl started to change her mind. You know that already. You know that because, see, they know the end game. An older person knows the end game already before the young person gets out the gate. You still sitting there, you know, in in the starting block when this other person's already, you know, already down down the third stretch mentally. So it's, it's it's a vicious cycle. I mean, anytime a young person comes in and think they're gonna ma- manipulate an older person, that's almost kind of crazy. If the person has maturity, time, and experience on your ass, they're just watching you and seeing how long it's gonna take you to come to the realization of what it is that you really want to do. Are you going to sit there and BS me? Are you going to get with this or what have you? Because it ain't like Charlie Rose couldn't get some pussy somewhere. It ain't like he just saw you on the set or at CBS. You look good to him, you're sexy to him, so he wanted to pursue you. But there's a joker that's out there that's willing to fuck Charlie Rose. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Get some pussy if you want it. Pussy's out there. It's everywhere. Who gives it up? Who don't give it up? Pussy's pussy. It ain't got no, you know, whether or not you want to play that, that game. And he feels pissed off. He said, damn, I should have called this other chick that I could just, you know, I could throw $500 to and get with her all night. You know, I mean, it's a vicious cycle. And you find yourself in a situation, you know, just like I saw on TV the other day. Just going to show you how vicious it is Well, people always try to be on the right side of right. Um, the, the young lady, I think, what's her name, Gwyneth Poultry? In Paltra. You know, Paltra, she had a, a company that got sued recently because mm-hmm. she was selling, like, fake me out shit, whatever it was. Like, they, she got this little vagina egg that you stick up your JJ and it's supposed to soothe all your worries or whatever the fuck it's about. I don't know. Yeah, but it's I think it's made of uh, alabaster or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. It's silly, buddy. But, but it's silly, buddy. <laughs> anyway. They were saying that, you know, you put the egg up in your vagina and it wasn't curing whatever the fuck is for the cure. So they sued her and she had to pay $134,000, yada, yada, yada. That's all. And now, Gail, on, t- on, on Gail, you know, Oprah's girl, uh, she was saying that, you know, yeah, I know some people that said that they tried those eggs and they didn't work and yada, yada. And then O'Donnell, her co-worker, said, oh, really, Gail? Well, you didn't tell me that earlier that you knew somebody. And Gail said, yeah, yeah, I do know a few people. And so why the hell would you say to Gail on air that you didn't tell me earlier that you knew somebody? What the fuck does Gail got to report to you? Uh, mm, what's her name, mm. Nancy O'Dell or something? Nancy O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, O'Donnell. Why does Gail got to report to you that she knows somebody used the egg in her vagina? And why did you mention on national TV that she didn't inform you that she knew a couple people? Oh, you do know a couple people, Gail? You didn't tell me earlier where, in fucking makeup or wherever? And why would you mention, are you accusing Gail of hovering information or whatever? You trying to be on the right side of right? Because, see, oh, see and like I said, I'm going to use that as a segue to say that it's so interesting nowadays where, where, the being on the right side of white is so common with white folks that it's not even funny. You can be with a coworker and and say some logical stuff that's got to do a realism like like it ain't funny. But this white coworker will be so pro the by the book kind of thing when no knowing that that's bullshit. 
But this coworker wants to so badly be on the right side of white that you'd be like, damn, I can't even believe I sat down with lunch with your ass a couple times for you to think some old crazy shit like this. You know, it's just amazing how people come to the realization in 2018 that who are our real friends? Who are our real coworkers? And what the hell are they thinking? Are they, are they Trumpathized? They got the Trump in them. I mean, even on my own job, I got people that, that are Trump supporters that I said something about Trump, and I just see their face frown up and shit. It's almost like Trump is holding a cult of people where he got them by the balls, where they just are into his little fantasy shit, where you, you're nestling yourself inside this whole this whole white thing, and it's so sad. They, they, they don't realize it, but when they go to talk, they use all kind of black rhythm, black lingo, black everything. But your inner core has a Confederate flag and the Trump love and all that and making America great again. But you got jungle fever so bad you can't wait to fuck a black woman. I mean, what what the fuck? Where the fuck is your mind? One minute you wear a red hat saying make America great again. Then you, the next day you chase the fat ass of a black woman. What the fuck do you want? You in between. Your, your life is so in between shit. You're trying to deal with society, but when it comes to political correctness, you're trying to be on the right side of right or right side of white. I don't get it. I don't understand. Choose what the fuck it is you're trying to do because people are watching your ass. You ain't got but so many times in this world to slip on the fucking banana pill. You ain't got but so many times. You know, you can't just be keep faking the funk. You know, everybody wants to learn black lingo Every person of a Caucasian nature wants to learn enough black shit in order to be socially educated in order to get some pussy, so to speak, from a black woman. Okay, that's just, and it may not be a black woman, but from a woman of color. They got to know, you ever know a white boy coming? Yeah, oh my God, he's so hip, he's so hip. No, that's, he had to learn that 10% in order to get laid. He had to get that 10% up in there. But then he uses his forces when it goes on a date with a, with a woman of color, to take her somewhere or do something with her that a black man would not do. So he'd go to his friend and say, man, let me use your box seat tickets to a New Jersey uh, Knicks game, or a, a New York Knicks game, and takes this girl to a Knicks game, something that a black man would not do on a first date. So she'll be completely wowed out of her mind. But the box seat don't belong to fucking him. He borrowed the shit, and she don't know it. You know, and then by the time she gets a scoop on how phony this motherfucker is, he done tapped that ass already. So, I mean, it's just the the, the, the logic of this shit is unbelievable, you know. And then, and then the sister was saying, yeah, I'm messing this white boy, but that shit didn't pan out. It didn't pan out because you found this how fake his ass was. You used to have to watch, you were two feet away from watching LeBron James and all these other jokers at Madison Square Garden, and you actually thought this motherfucker was a baller. But he was a broke motherfucker using his boy shit. Okay? But he tapped that ass at night because he got a hotel at the such and such, such and such, and everything else, and he followed through with all the... He got you on the end game. And you gave into the end game. The same end game that the girls with Charlie Rose was manipulating with. But the sister, she dove into the end game with this joker, knows first. So what I'm saying is that all the Delts know the fucking end game. It's whether or not they want to participate in it. And I just want to, you know, leave it there to let you know that you can't fault Charlie Rose with some shit because of some, some 20, 25, 30-year-olds that just starstruck but don't want to tap, don't want to give up that ass. So they're going to manipulate him and then take it back to the station and get to the Me Too movement and act like they want to be so whatever. Check their history. See where they've been. 
see where they've been hanging out, their reputation in the college or whatever. These are adults. You do different shit when people fucking with kids. But when it comes to adults, goddamn it, you can't even, you can't fault nobody. It's no fault shit like car insurance. Who hit who? I don't know. They both fucked up. No fault accident. That's the same way with adults. Now, when kids are involved, it's a different story. That's molest. That's 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 fucking, you know. That's that's fucking underage shit. That's crazy shit. That's you know, that's sex offender shit. But when it's adults over 21, over 18, then goddamn, handle shit a different way. Find out who's fucked up and who's not. That's all I gotta say on that shit. Well, all right. All right, you guys got any questions or comments what we're talking about? Hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1. Okay, we're going to lighten All it right, up. All right, Yeah. Yeah, because that was a brick. It kind of knocked me. He hit it. us with a brick. Ow. Went through the win- window and broke it. Brick. Ow. All right. Okay, All right. right, let's shift gears and go to the weird news. Uh, right. Like Kevin said, lighten it up. A Connecticut man faces charges after shooting at ghosts. Shooting at a what? Ghost. Okay, then. I've never heard of Overland. Overland, Connecticut. Okay. A Connecticut man who told police he was a paranormal, paranormal investigator faces charges. charges. He's facing charges after so firing a shotbuster, basically. In his own house. And what he told police... May have been a ghost. Okay. Here we go in the 20s. 25-year-old Christian Dubois of Toland is due in court on September 11th on charges including the illegal discharge of a firearm, mm. making a false statement to a police, and second-degree reckless endangerment, misusing an emergency call into the conduct. God damn. He, he, got, he called for help. He got too much. He got too many damn charges here. <laughs> Police say um, Duvall put um, two bullet holes in his wall on July 26th, initially reporting the incident as an attempted break-in. So he lied first. Oh, okay. So um, he later told police he believes the intruder was actually a spirit. <laughs> Okay. Duvall, who is free on $5,000 bond, did not immediately return the telephone call seeking comment. I bet he did. State police told the Journal Inquirer of Manchester that Duvall had made a similar report back in 2011 (laughs) (laughs) when he was shooting at another ghost. He got a lot of charges. (laughs) Illegal charges on firearms. Making a false statement to a police, second degree reckless endangerment, and misusing an emergency call and disorderly conduct. So, wait a minute, you're telling me, at least in what state is this in? Connecticut. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So, in Connecticut, I can't shoot my walls, and, and that's, that's not legal? That would have been legal, probably, but uh, he misused an uh, emergency call, and, and, and he was just making too much daggone noise. Oh. So when he called the police and said somebody broke into my place, right? And then when they got there, they said, "Well, he said it was actually a ghost." Right. And then he made a false statement to the police. So that's okay. And discharge of the firearms. So you can't. No, you cannot go shooting. I can't shoot my wall. Nope. So if I get sick of looking at that wall and I want to shoot it, nope, that's against the law. Not in Connecticut. Well, that's some bush. Mm-mm. Okay. 
right. All right. Well, I got one about dinosaurs. Uh huh. This is in Japan. Aren't they extinct? Well, not everywhere. <laughs> Jurassic Park fans, this one is for you. A Japanese hotel is offering guests one of the strangest check-in experiences possible, a reception desk manned by robot dinosaurs. Whether it's Japanese, English, Chinese, Korean, this pair of dinosaurs are more than happy to assist customers arriving at this hotel in East Tokyo through the through the use of a tablet system. The hotel belongs to the Hen Na, whose name means weird, chain, which claims to offer the world's first hotel staffed by robots. As reported by AFP, the robots detect guest motion on approach and bellow out welcome and gesture with their long dinosaur arms. However, the icing on the cake are the tiny bellboy hats that sit upon the dinosaurs. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> they have little bellboy hats on. Yet, despite the novelty of the situation, the hotel's manager, Yakioi Nagai, has said that some customers find the dinosaurs, dinosaurs slightly unnerving. Really? Just slightly? <laughs> we haven't quite figured out when exactly the guests want to be served by people and when it's okay to be served by robots, he said. They're still trying to figure that out. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, if I'm checking into a hotel, I really don't need to see Tyrannosaurus Rex waving his arms, wearing a little teeny bellboy hat, talking about welcome. No, I don't think so. They need to be out in the garden somewhere where if I want to see the freak show, I can go out there. But I don't want to be registered coming in to see something crazy like that. Yeah, that is crazy. There's too much going on. Yeah, it's too much. Uh-uh. Anyway, okay. that's why it's the weird news. Yeah, that's the true thing. All right, we'll keep it moving. Yeah, what you got over there, Papa? Okay, um, thousands of insects, spiders, thousands of insects and spiders stolen from a Philadelphia museum. Uh-uh. Uh, I guess they call this arachnophobia. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Look away and maybe uh, start tucking your pants into your socks. Philadelphians are on the lookout for 7,000 creatures, including a highly uh, venomous spider that was stolen from the city's insectarium and butterfly pavilion last month. Mm -hmm. These made off with up to 90% of the museum's collection. Hey! What? Including a six-eyed sand spider Mm -mm. whose uh, bite could uh, rot between whose bite could rot twenty five percent of their victim's body. And they stole that thing. They stole it. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of CNN, Inspectrum Insectrum CEO John Campbell said that uh, he wasn't sure uh, there ever been a major uh, live insect heist like this before. The estimated value of the missing creatures is thought to be somewhere between forty and fifty thousand dollars. Mm. Authorities believe the thieves previously worked at the museum and were dismissed for extremely uh, for for extremely good reasons. We know exactly who did this. Really, mm. we know exactly <laughs> we know exactly who did Inside this. Inside job. 
Okay. They snuck out the back with all those boxes. All those bugs. We caught them on camera, Cambridge says. They took all the stuff, and then they didn't show up for, for their next shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inside job. Several of these even left a bizarre calling card by sticking their uniforms in the walls that... Uh, with, oh, sticking the uniforms in the wall with steak knives, whatever what that means. Um, several of the thieves even left a bizarre calling card is really by sticking on? their uniforms to the wall with steak knives. Okay. Since the Burgley, I don't the, understand. Since I don't the Burgley, the museum has established a GoFundMe page again. Oh, here we go. To place the missing creatures so that it could uh, continue to educate and engage people with the wonderful world of insects. There's that GoFundMe thing again with no supervision. Now, if they get $150,000, who's going to, you know, who's in charge of the money distribution? Right, that's true. Okay. Well, if you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call on the Pajama Party Show, 914-803-4306. And what they got to do, Kettle? Press 1. All right. We're going to take a... CC break. Okay. And we're coming back with uh with me. Red wine. All right. I'm just saying. Living just enough. Just enough for the shit Okay, but why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing pajama party. Well, I was, I was talking about my little, uh, one, of my segment, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you're riding me. Uh, That's every Friday night at 9. Pajama party. No yeah. clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Oh, she going to say something. I don't want to put things, 
this is why there aren't grocery stores, any grocery stores in the black community. Is that what you really think, Officer Brown? That's his name, Officer Brown. You think people don't try to steal items from grocery stores in other ethnic communities? And to stop this little girl from running, you decided to use your taser on her? How about you pick on somebody your own size? I'm just saying. Now, according to a copy of the Youth of Force Review, Officer Brown was working as a security guard for the store at the time and was not on duty for the Cincinnati Police Department. Now, while the Cincinnati Police Department permits officers to use tasers on suspects as young as seven years old, which I don't understand, apprehending a shoplifter is not an approved use of a taser, no matter how old they may be. Yet, that's what he decided to do. Then he tried to indoctrinate her by saying that she's the reason there's no grocery stores in the black community. Dude, please. Seriously, please. That's not the reason. Many grocery stores are looking out for how they can make the most money in the least amount of time. They look at the financial demographics of an area, and if the numbers don't look promising, then they're not enthusiastic or excited about opening a store in an area that on paper the numbers don't support it. They're not in the business of being concerned about the people necessarily that live in the neighborhood. Their primary concern is to bring, uh, or rather their primary concern is not to bring fresh proteins and produce to the economically challenged. Their primary concern is to make money. And, of course, there's probably some racism involved on various levels, as usual, but back to Officer Brown. An internal review concluded that Officer Brown violated multiple policies. The first one was using a taser in circumstances other than for self-defense or to control a subject who was actively resisting arrest. Now, this child wasn't doing any of that, so he was wrong on that level. The second instance where you can use your taser is, um, I'm sorry, the second time, the second violation, rather, was failing to warn the girl that he would stun her if she kept running. He didn't fail her. I guess he got tired of chasing her, and he just went on and stunned her. The third one was failing to turn on his body cam until after he used the taser. So once he tased her, then he turned on his body cam, so that was wrong. And then the fourth one was making a prejudicial comment about the lack of grocery stores in the black community. Now, Officer Brown claims that his comment about the grocery stores was prejudicial, arguing that in the review he could support the statement with statistics and therefore it wasn't biased. All I'm saying is, for real, I'd like to see these so-called statistics. And even though the charges were dropped against the little girl in question, I don't understand why Officer Brown chose to handle it this way. Was he just too tired to chase her? Did he feel like her life or her self-respect didn't matter at that moment? Was he just being lazy? I'm just saying, Officer Brown, you really need to pick on somebody your own size. Tasing children should be beneath you, especially children that look like you. You're a black man. You're going to tase this black girl because she tried to steal something out of a grocery store? 
Did it agree with you? Maybe she was just hungry. How about you just talk to the girl? Chase her down, talk to her, explain to her that stealing isn't right, yada, yada. But you pulled out your taser? And then when all these hearings and investigations are done into this, we'll see what happens to Officer Brown. But until then, Officer Brown is on the kiss it list for being an aggressive, self-hating jerk. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, next time, pick on somebody your own size. Okay. How you going to tase an 11-year-old child? I saw that was so sad because she was sitting there with handcuffs on her. I know. She and they were trying to get the taser out of her back. Oh, my God. She was like, ow, ow, ow. Are you trying to get the medical shit. Yeah, it was crazy. It was fucking crazy. He's a fat black guy who was too lazy to fucking run. Oh, fat piece man. of shit. Yeah, if you couldn't catch her, then okay, she should have just gotten away with whatever it was she took. And she was a little teeny girl, a little, little girl. I mean, it's not like she had a Rolex. But like I said, they all do that because they're such Uncle Toms. They do that shit to appease their white-ass bosses when deep down inside. Now, the white, the white guy ain't trying to get that deep. You're like, damn, man, little girl. Well, you know, she, well, boss, well, yeah, boss, well, boss. She was trying to, that white guy was so, so bad. Stop calling me boss, motherfucker, you black kiss ass. That's what the white man's thinking. Okay, well, it's time to live for the We're going to switch gears and go back to you, Papa D. You did something wrong. Papa D, it's time for living for the city. So we're going to go back to you. What you got for us today? Anyway, um, I, I, I didn't mean to elaborate so much on that situation with the Charlie Rose thing and then the female, but we got to, this Me Too movement, boy. Y'all got to stop moving so hard. You got to check out these chicks making these accusations because they ain't pure by no stretch of the imagination. I'm telling you right now, these little young hoes, shoot, they hoes one minute, then the next minute they want to be professional bitches. Uh-uh. You can't be a hoe and a professional bitch in the same week. You cannot do that. Anyway, let's, let's focus on our cabinet. Okay. See what Nike is focusing on is people like uh, Under Armour. You ever heard of Under Armour? Under Armour is another brand that uh, they got some nice shit. Ain't it right, Red Wine? Yes, they do. They got some nice shit. They got some polo shirts for men that are like the colors are so colorful. They're like orange and red. You ever seen Under Armour stuff? Mm-hmm. And the material you put it on. Mm-hmm. This shit feels so good up against your nipples and shit. Okay. But these polo shirts cost like sixty five dollars. <laughs> it's gonna last a lifetime. You ever seen, seen an underarm under armor polo shirt? Sixty five dollars all day. All day. Mm-hmm. And so Nike's main thing is not just to, to appease or step out strong, but they're in competition with other companies and I think Under Armour is their biggest competition. You know, yeah. so they're trying to balance out that situation with that. It's not about Trump. It's not about anything. It's not about none of that stuff. They're not worried about that. Nike, Nike goes all the way back to my goodness, you know, Michael Jordan and things like that. They, they worry, worry about Trump. Seventy-one, seventy-two years old, old senile joker. Nike gonna be around a lot longer than than, than Trump got life left on his earth to live. Mm-hmm. So they're not concerned about him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bigger than them. They're national, international. You know, so that whole situation with that. And I'm glad that, that Kaepernick is getting some play. The fact he's getting some, some lead way of things, you know. 
Finally. And finally, you know, finally let them speak his mind. But I wish that he would speak up a little more instead of his girlfriend speaking up for him and all this shit that he was doing in the past. You know, like, really, Captain, come on, bro. If you got an issue with this, you need to step up your game and start. Let's hear your voice. You know what I mean? He said, oh, today, Kaepernick's girlfriend said, what the fuck are we hearing from her? And you ain't saying shit. You know? The fuck is wrong with him? So I want him to drop all that wimp shit that he's working with and, and get strong within itself. But um, I just think that um, that whole thing with Nike was so cool because they stopped worrying about, like I wanted to focus on earlier and tell people that, after a while, you got to stop worrying about being on the right side of white. You know, and that's why a lot of people are precaution with their, what they say, what they do. Because it seems like in the world today, being on the right side of white is how people succeed. They want to, That's why people don't mess with Trump so much because they, am I going to need him one day? Am I going to need that situation one day? Am I going to need that one day? And white folks always worry about what they're going to need one day. That's why they don't, that's why they don't, you know, bury the hatchet so strong. They want to live in the suburbs, but they want to have black friends. You know, you can't have it both ways. And the world's getting that way because the brown people are outnumbering the, the you know, the white people. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you know, and then white people wondering why are we getting so dominant. Well, when you, when you, when you stop fucking, you stop making babies. That's what happens to your, to your race. You know, you can't, you can't stop fucking and think that you're going to be repro. If you're not reproducing, how are you going to stay strong? Oh boy, that's true. You know, I mean, that's I'm not, true. I'm not saying that to be, to be funny. Right. But the Spanish people are fucking like rabbits, and they're making babies in, in multitudes of levels, and they're growing and growing. I mean, I've seen people that start a little bullshit uh, landscaping business. These jokers now are driving brand new F 150s, sure. pulling a, 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 a other joint. Now they got the closed end joint they're pulling. They've got five rider mowers, three lawn mowers, 10 weed whackers, and 15 employees. They living in big fat ass houses and living large, all because they're cutting grass. In the winter time, they're gonna shovel your snow. They're gonna preoccupy themselves based on weather conditions. If sure. it's hot, they're gonna cut your grass. Sure. If it's cold, they're gonna shovel your snow. They paint your house. One thing about a Spanish person: a Spanish person will climb on a ladder and paint that red fucking little spot that's missing on the top of your fucking house. You say, who the hell gonna go up here and paint that little red spot that's missing on the top of my fucking house? Call one of these Spanish motherfuckers and they will do it. They'll take a little can of red paint and say, bop, 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 done. You know what I mean? Who else does that? Mm. Nobody else does that. So you can't mm. fault people that will go the extra mile to do some shit for you that somebody else won't do. Right on. So it's just it's at the point now that the world is changing, the world is turning, and Nike sees that. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're saying, you know what, fuck that. Let's put a black face on it. Because we're going we gonna to bank on that. Everything's a gamble in this world. Everything's, you know, see what's up with it. But it's not so much about Trump. It's not so much about black people. Nike got to stay ahead of Under Armour. You know what I'm saying? They got to stay ahead of uh, Adidas, Reebok. They got people they're competing with from the beginning. So it's not just about the other stuff. So anyway, I just want to put that out there for that particular okay. part of living for the city. And uh, good luck to you, Nike. That was a bold move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just a, a little note. I'm gonna take it back. On. Mm-hmm. I think Kaepernick is not saying much because sometimes silence is best. Yeah, but if you're gonna be a strong leader, you got to speak up a little bit. Don't be a punk ass. We were raised on people speaking. Trust and believe. I feel as if Kaepernick has a book coming out, and he got some other things coming out. Yeah, Martin Luther King. But but compare him to Martin Luther King. 
Marlon King wasn't worried about no book. He got shot in his head on the balcony. You yeah, can't be, I, I got that, but I'm yeah, just saying, but I, no, I, I think Cameron Neck, he, 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 he has some things coming. Yeah, after but, Nike is, ad, I, but I don't agree with through. that strategy shit. Speak your mind, brother. Yeah. You believe in some shit? Speak I, your I, mind. I, I, think he just, I think he's just a quiet person. But, uh, yeah, well, his, his girlfriend got more fucking voice than he does. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. We're going to take, take a little CC before my Hollywood wrap-up. So um, we'll be right back. The Hollywood wrap-up. No! It's Friday night, so run and tell somebody that the pajama party is on right now, right here on WPJP Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, this is how we do it. Call 914-803-4306. And press 1 to get in on the conversation. Or you can join us online at www.apajamaparty.com and click the Listen Live banner. So if you want to give a shout-out, wish a happy birthday, hear yourself on the radio, or get your 15 seconds of fame, you need to call us right now on 914-803-4306 and press 1. How often do you get a chance like this? Hey, we're only on till 10 p.m. Eastern, so get on the phone and call us right now. We're waiting to make you famous, even if it is just for tonight. Don't be shy. Call 914-803-4306 and press 1. I'm going to stop by the bar, but I'll meet you back at the show. Welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your host, Papa D. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir. All right. And it's time for the Hollywood wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. We got a special guest in the house, Miss Lynette Tichel. Hey, Lynette Tichel just came in from the West Coast. I know this one. What's up, Lynette Tichel? What's up, what's up, what's up, Pajama Party? Hey, <laughs> you want to give a little bio on uh, Red One? Oh, well, I'll let her tell us what's been going on. Let's see, I don't have her bio in front of me. I was not prepared. Okay. You know, when folk blow in from the West Coast. Yeah, that's already. true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, so tell us, like, who, oh, well, let's see, who is Lynette Tichelle? Let's do that. Who is Lynette Tichelle? Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I think Lynette Tichelle is still a work in progress. <laughs> Lynette Tichelle... <laughs> Is an actress, she is a writer, she is a producer, and she is going to stop referring to herself in a third person. Okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm originally from PG County, Maryland. I come home at least twice a year is what I try to do, and then just see my people, connect with everything that made me who I am, connect with the experiences that got me to be able to tell the stories that I can tell now on screen. And um and just kind of be re-stimulated because it ain't nothing like that East Coast love I know that's and that right. East Coast vibe and that East Coast humidity. Well, tell us a uh, few films that you have put out there. Sure. In the universe. Oh, wait, before you go into that, now, I was just checking your bio, which I just got put in front of me. Thank you from the intern. I understand you got your BFA from Howard University. H-U? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you uh, have visited the Dominican Republic. You moved to Los Angeles, and then you got into writing and acting. Uh, you've done some directing. Your first role on a pilot was Bell, which was on TV One. Yeah, that's kind of what started it. Okay. Put me back on that one. With Ed Weinberger. 
Yeah, he was uh, one of the creators of the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in Taxi, and I mean, he's one of the original OGs. Okay. Yeah, that was one of um, that was the first set. He put me on my very, very, very first set. Wow. Um, when I got to LA, and I met him. Funny story. I met him when I got to LA. I was trying to figure out my side hustle, like everybody. And um, so I was. I quickly became a bartender, and that's where I met the first couple of people that I was able to practice that whole networking vibe with. And I met um, his sound man, and his sound man, Bill Maxwell, who had done all the theme music for all the shows, the oldies, the goodies shows back in the day, said, hey, I have somebody I want you to meet. He's developing a pilot show, and it's about the what happens in the restaurant. And it was Keith David in it, and it was um, uh, Ella Joyce and Elise Neal and Tammy Roman. And he was just like, but you actually know this world, so could you help facilitate oh. You know, make sure everything looks good. Could you be a consultant? And then, of course, I had to get on. Um, <laughs> this is where you take advantage of the opportunities. I came on as a consultant, and there were roles that they had to fill at the time. And I was like, oh, you know, acting is like what I do. And they were like, oh, well, stand in. And so I'm like, sure, sure, I'll stand in. And then I just made sure that I performed All when right I stood then. in. All and right. then that transitioned me to my first on-screen role. Wow. And then um, after that point, you know, it just kind of took off from there. But the biggest thing is, it don't matter what you come into L.A. doing. If you got a dream, if you got focus, you stay there <laughs> and you are ready when that opportunity presents you. Right. You might be washing a table. You might be driving an Uber. Mm. You might be doing whatever it is that you came to do. But if you're practicing your craft, the opportunity will present itself. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, we did uh, get your information about illicit feature film. Yeah. Very visible in a and uh, we <laughs> definitely Mr. saw that. Mr. Tank himself. Yeah, that was my Tank boyfriend. I'm my boyfriend. D. Kane and, and uh, a group Superman. Of other people. Well, yeah, Elicit, um, Elicit was a lot of fun because Elicit came after a couple projects that I had done, and then people uh, found out, you know, it's, it's very small. Everywhere you go, it's very small. The network is smaller and smaller. And at that point, people have found out, oh, I'm acting and I write, and I had done punch-ups on different people's scripts. And they were now like, a punch up is what? A punch up is this is a script, it needs help. And oh, so, okay. you know, basically, we've already given our script credits, we've already done what we've done contractually, but could you make this better and we'll pay you as a contractor? So I'd done punch ups and people have read my writing that way. And so um, at that point, I went ahead and co wrote Elicit along with director Corey Grant, and we developed a lot of the characters from people that we knew and mm-hmm. kind of embellished on. And then that was a project that it was my first time acting, writing, and producing. Wow. Uh, and it was definitely a learning experience. And it gave me a lot, a lot of insight about what it is I really wanted to do long term in Hollywood. And that's when I realized, as much as I love acting, it'll always be my first love. But it is something to be able to know the workings of right. what you're doing. Because you're hot. You're hot, you're hot, you're hot, you're hot. And then you're not. And you're not, you're not, you're not. And then in between time, in the meantime, you can be writing. Right. And you can be producing. And then for the people that say, oh, I saw you and you're funny. Right. And that's it because that's all I know about you. You're funny. Right. Then when you write and you produce, you can say, oh, and I'm also a dramatic actor. Oh, and I also do horror. Wow. Which I just have a horror film coming out in October. Or, oh, I also do suspense. And I'm a black girl that swims. And I just came out in a film called Frenzy that came out on Sci-Fi, and All I got right. to show that side. But it's one of those things. A black girl that swims. That swims well. <laughs> like an anomaly in and of itself. Wait a minute. Y'all give me the close-up on this. I don't want no stunt double. Wait a minute. Hold <laughs> up. You didn't get killed in the first scene, did you? I did not. Oh, okay. I All did right. not. Another stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> 
could. You lasted for a few minutes. I yeah, but it's it's one of those things that I'm, I'm learning that you you create you create what you want for yourself. You see the vision, you make it plain. You create a vision board or a, a vision screensaver or whatever it does that 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 shows you basically the manifestation of what it is that you want. Whatever your daily mantra is, look at it, look at it, repeat it until you believe it. And then those things. I looked after two years. 98% of my vision board, I had done those things that were on my vision board when I first moved wow. to L.A. And when I first moved there, I thought they were so, I thought they were like a 10-year plan. Right, right. And then it was just amazing to just kind of see that wow. this is my plan, this it's is attainable. what I want, and this oh, wow. is attainable. I know, that's right. Yeah. So how do people keep up with you and what you're doing? What's your social media info? Well, you can tweet me if you want to, but good luck. I'm not really on there. You can um, <laughs> follow me on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Instagram, DM me. I will respond. I'm Lynette Tichelle. So it's L-A-N, as in Nancy, E-T-T, mm. underscore, mm. T-A-C-H-E-L. Okay. So Lynette Tichelle on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. Mm. Um, you can look at my website, LynetteOnline.com, uh, Lynette mm-hmm. and, and see me there. And IMDB me for all y'all Hollywood folks. Just IMDB me for Lynette Tichelle. Um, One last question. What would what type of advice would you give for struggling actor or producer or, you know, somebody trying to get into the quote-unquote business? The advice that I would give for anybody who's struggling, and everybody on some level is struggling, you're struggling when you've made it. Like Jim Carrey, I was just saying earlier today, I was having this conversation. He's so funny. And his struggle now is to be taken seriously. Wow. He wants to be a serious actor. Right. So even on that level, it's it's not a financial struggle for him, but now it's a it's a take me serious. This is I do more struggle. Right. So on every single level, the only way that I can say to overcome the struggle is to create your own end result. And mm-hmm. so it's like don't wait for perfection. If you wait per, for perfection, nothing mm-hmm. happens. Okay. You have this brilliant concept for a feature film that if you just get it to the right people, it'll be your big break. Shoot a short. Mm-hmm. Shoot a short. Shoot something that is in your budget for 10 minutes, like mm-hmm. a 10 to 12 minute short. Mm-hmm. Submit it to competitions. Mm-hmm. Get your name out there. Right. That way, when you have your big idea feature and people look at you and say, what else have you done? You can say, oh, I was just nominated for this award on my short, or I was seen here. Right. Shoot what you have. Right. Write what you can produce. Right. Got and you. so I would just, that would be my biggest, biggest advice. Just do it. Just do it. Don't just wait. Like Nike say, just do the damn thing. Oh, your just agent, do it. Your agent takes 10%, right. so they do 10%. Right. Just do it. Just do it. Right. <laughs> Okay, that's good advice. Lynette Tashil, thank you All for right. being in well, the house with us. Yay. And thanks for having me, Pajama Party. All right. Y'all, they ain't here naked. They ain't here in lingerie. Those <laughs> <laughs> on. How we roll. Right, if you guys want to talk to Lynette Tashil, you can hit her up. Gave you the information. Um, what is it? LynetteOnline.com. And Lynette underscore Tashel for Instagram. Right. Okay, we're going to take a look. Few second break. We gotta pay uh pay what's going on. Gotta, get, yeah, gotta, gotta pay a person. bill. Yeah. And then I guess we're gonna just uh skip forward and we'll figure out where we're going when we come right back. Okay. Okay. All right. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called the Kiss It List. Every week we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on out of your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List. 
and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It list, hit us on Twitter at A Pajama Party and use hashtag Kiss It, and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude! Oh, you're on the kiss it list. Alright, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir. Alright, um, so we're going to go uh, to the... Hollywood. Yeah. You wanted to, yeah, Last we have one, one, one particular Hollywood announcement. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, Burt Reynolds, everybody knows now, he died at 82. Um, he was just about to, he was cast in the Quentin Tarantino's um, Charles Manson film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, also, he was nominated for um, an award for Boogie Nights. Everybody knows that. Smokey and the Bandit. Hey, who didn't watch Smokey and the Bandit? Yeah. Cannibal Run. And um, he was famously um, married to Lonnie Anderson. And uh, unfortunately, we want to miss a great one, Burt Reynolds. Okay. Okay. And I understand Peter Lawford died as well. So. Peter Lawford, yeah. Farewell to him as well. Yeah. All right. Well, in the interest of time, let's see. We won't do the entire kiss it list, but we do have Donald Trump on the top of the list, as always. Yep. And uh, Officer Brown, the tased 11-year-old girl. Right. I, and got I think that's all that we have on the kiss it list this week. We'll keep it short. Mm-hmm. We won't give them the song, but let's just uh, skip forward to the last word. Uh, we want to thank Lynette Tichelle for dropping us. For sure. Joining the show for tonight. Yeah. So let's just, uh, in these last couple of minutes, let's just go ahead with the last word. And the last word. And we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So uh, let's see. You want me to go first, Kevin? Sure. Go ahead, everyone. Okay. My last word tonight is, um, again, thanks to Lynette Michelle for joining us tonight. Thanks to um, one of our special friends of the show from Florida for dropping by. Shout out to her. Thank you, Z. Thank you for the shots you brought us. Shot, shot. That's why we're all discombobulated tonight. And thanks for hanging out with us. I'm going to go to you, Papa Didi. Oh, man. My my final word of today is uh, September 7th was a very special day for me. Uh, I know a good friend of mine that was uh, celebrating their wedding anniversary. They're married five years today. Hey. Congratulations. All right. And also I like to say happy birthday to my sister that passed away. Her name is Gail. Mm. Yeah, uh, the day was her birthday. She was born in nineteen fifty one. Wow. She died in two thousand one of a respiratory failure. And uh Gail, God bless you. You're always in my thoughts and prayers. Her birthday today. Happy birthday, Gail. All right, my last word is um just keep the faith, uh Kaepernick. Just hang in there, and like Papa Didi said, just uh, give us a voice. Everybody yeah. wants to hear what he Speak has to say. Yeah. Hey, bye, Nike. Speak up. Speak up a little. And um, a good shout-out to the um, Luck um, High School, uh, Dennis um, Francis. Yeah. Thanks for, um, yeah, giving you giving us scholarships. Yeah. Trade school scholarships. Trade school, carpentry, yeah. All right. HVAC. Good. Well, we're racing, so we're going to sign out. And we'll be here next Friday night. See you there. Right. Join us. Tell a friend. Peace. 
All right, good night. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Party cool, people will be you.